and now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. You are listening to the SSEU podcast, your first stop for all news concerning President Trump's potential pardon of Joe Exotic. We are happy to report that we are once again, just like last summer, a trans podcast. You can find us on most platforms that supply the world with podcasts. If you are interested in leaving a comment or a review, please don't. I am Thomas, the only elf on this podcast, as usual, joined by Ryan, our resident cyanide expert, and Chris, also known as Ole. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. How are you, cool cats and kittens? Perfect. All right. Yeah. So, so uh, Thomas, you're recording from Sweden. Do you have? You're sober in Sweden, I'm told. Uh, I have not had a drink since the Stockholm airport on Monday, and I, I don't plan on having a drink in, uh, let's say, a month or so. Maybe a couple. Is, is that how long you're going to be home, or you're just... How long will you be in the homeland? Uh, until uh, you people stop being crazy and let me into my office again at ASU. So it might be a while. Like 18 months. <laughs> At least according to JVL. JVL says this will be a a long time. Well, about that's this. how long it'll be till we have a vaccine. So Yeah, but you don't need a you don't need a vaccine. But we don't have to get into that. Well, I do want to get into one thing though. JVL okay. seems to think that movie theaters are all gonna shut down and they're never gonna reopen. Even, even if they go bankrupt. There are other people that can also run movie theaters, and movies are still going to be made in the future, and there are going to be these big buildings you can go to and watch them. The idea that just because a AMC would die out, that no new movie theaters would move in there. Yeah, so uh, the Glop podcast recorded yesterday, and they actually talked about this at length, <clears throat> and, and they have a different take. Um, they, uh, I'm more with them that uh, there will still be enough people – that like the cinematic experience, and, and and JVL is not saying that movies will be de- will be over. Um, but he, so they, he didn't say that content. he didn't say that they're gonna. There's right. definitely not gonna be movies. He said there's a two in five chance that we've seen her last movie in the movie theater. No, and that's insane. Which I think is there, insane. There is yeah. a one percent yeah. chance that you've seen your last movie in a movie theater. Yeah, I think I think. I mean, uh, I don't know who's gonna who's who's gonna do it. Like, I mean, anyone who how, wants how does to make that, money. How does that, put, you, but put, movie theaters barely make money. In ten months, put Tiger King on a screen, and people are gonna go pay to see that after they've mm-hmm. been cooped I, up in their basement. You think? Uh, I just I disagree. I disagree. I don't think you can put anything on screen, and I think that's probably why only I certain think, movies are doing right. well right now. So the like Disney rocked the box office last year um with their uh with with uh, Marvel movies and with uh, you know Aladdin and Lion King. People I think will go to the uh, the cinematic experience. I think the cinematic experience will continue. Um, now, whether or not it's much more expensive since fewer people will want to go. I think it's going to yeah. be like Marvel, Disney and Christopher Nolan movies are going to mm-hmm. be, you know, something that you have to see in IMAX are pretty much going to be the only movies that are in theaters. No, I, no, no, that's JVL. Like saying, like saying Cars will, 
like that no that no one will go back to to brew pubs or or bars it's like no i i people will have a hunger to go do the things that we used to do i'm yeah, with thomas it, yeah i mean it's yeah as so people are freaking out over all of the restaurants that are closing yes it's sad and i wish that they would stay open and that a lot of them would survive but it's not like the idea of a restaurant is going to go away and people aren't going to keep going out to them and that new ones will won't open so so let me say this ryan thinks i'm a total moron okay because yesterday uh my kids were really excited to watch trolls and i didn't wait <laughs> two weeks for trolls to show up on disney plus uh and so we paid 20 bucks so my house don't Watch you don't think that you don't think that uh, the company that's an enemy of Disney is going to put up their movie on Disney Plus? <laughs> Ryan, that made, tweet was a joke. I like, know. I thought obviously. But my, my point is that that we paid twenty bucks for, and I think I think Amazon uh, on my Fire Cube. I think they even advertised it as like a cinematic. Like, ah, uh, man, I should have remember. I wish I could remember how they described it, but like. They made it sound like exclusive, and this is their cinematic release. They they made it look like that, but it's not the same. It's not the same watching it at home as taking your kids to the movies, having uh, explaining to them, listen, this this we we're not at the the movie house. They won't deliver us stuff. We have to buy (laughs) our food at the counter, and then halfway through the movie, your kid's saying it's starving, and I'm starving and the pizza's gone. Uh, there, there's no, there's nothing that can replace that experience. So I, I think, um, <laughs> I think that the cinematic experience for, for parents like Ryan and me uh, will continue. Uh, but uh, Ryan, I under, I understand that you had a Mac rib the other day. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I, I bruised some ribs. It's been really painful. It's been, it'll be a week tomorrow. Did you go to a hospital? No, I didn't go to the hospital. What was the hospital going to tell me? You know, what, is, what do hospitals do? What do they... They heal people? They, they, they can give like, you the Rona. They go to school for like a long time just to tell me that uh, antibiotics ki- uh, cure viruses. Uh, I, but you're basically I, a doctor, so... Yeah. No need. That's what I thought. No, I didn't go because I was pretty sure that it was just... Although the next morning, I wasn't, like, totally for sure. Like, when I woke up the next morning, I was like, uh, this may be more than bruised ribs, but I've never had bruised ribs before, so I started looking it up, and basically it sounds like it's... The way other people described it was excruciating, and that's what I felt, so I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure it's just bruised ribs. But Chris, Um, you said that... You've had bruised ribs in the past. Uh, I've had bruised ribs and I've had broken ribs. Yikes! So the first time, and and it is unbelievably uncomfortable. Uh, it hurts to to laugh. It hurts like the worst part is when you're in bed. If you want to roll over or sit up, like you use those muscles between your ribs, and you don't realize how much pressure that puts on the bone until that bone is injured. And it's excruciating. Uh, Ryan, have you sneezed yet? Yeah. How does that feel? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was... I was trying to decide if that was worse than laughing or not. But, yeah. (laughs) Like, having it it being allergy season right now... uh, Oh, no. Yeah. And and coughing, too. Like, the other day, it wasn't like... 
it was just like a random cough because I got something stuck yeah. in my throat. And then I was like, I'm never getting something stuck in my throat again. <laughs> yeah, so I, I bruised my ribs uh, back uh, in my football coaching days. I mentioned to you guys over text that I had I'd hurt my ribs twice. And Ryan asked if it was a football playing injury. And I was like, no, one was a coaching injury. And it was like bo- both instances of injured ribs are incredibly stupid, but worth a uh, story worth telling. The first one, uh, as, as a middle school football coach, uh, oftentimes you step in to instruct uh, a fair amount. These are kids who are just learning the game. And so you want to show footwork. You want to, especially in the backfield, quarterbacks, running backs, um, if, if you want to show um, where to hand off and where to fake and and what all that looks like. And uh, we had this one player who was the smallest seventh grader I have ever seen. What was his name? It's not Dick coming Tommy. to me. Uh, but I mean, he looked so ridiculous the first time we put him in pads. Uh, it looked like you remember the movie Little Giants, Ryan? Yeah. It looked like a kid from the Little Giants, and this is a middle school. This is a seventh grade football team. Uh, Braden, I think. Let's say his name was Braden. Anyway, like Br- Braden, as an athlete, actually, what's cool about coaching middle school is you you watch these kids progress. Like you, you get to see a kid who doesn't know anything about playing football, like learn a little bit over the season. And that's really rewarding. But anyway, I don't remember what play we were running. I think it was maybe a, a, a fake dive. And then I think there was a maybe a reverse or something uh, or an end around. But um, I went under center. I faked a handoff to the left and turned to the right to hand off to Braden, who was a wide receiver. And I didn't see him because he was so small. And I I ran over him. And I thought I, <laughs> I kid you not, I thought I killed him. So what, and I don't remember what my ribs landed on, if it was his head, like his helmet, <laughs> but my, my first thought wasn't, ow, my ribs, even though they were unbelievably painful. My thought was, and dead? Oh, yeah. I killed poor kid. Like he's dead. I, I squished him. Two seconds later, I like out of the corner of my eye was like, he's moving like his 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 feet are moving. His hands are moving. Um, but I'm dying. And uh, th- that was a si- I hate to say this, Ryan. That was like a six to seven week injury. <laughs> like after six weeks, it would still hurt a little bit to get up was in this bed. The like broken ribs or the or the bruised ribs. That was the bruised ribs. What? <laughs> Ryan did not want to hear that. And it was like right under my armpit, like those ribs up in there. Um, and so like, oh man, it was terrible. So I don't know. Fast forward a couple of years, I have this terrible cold and I, I don't know, like I, there's a time in my life where, um, I was even dumber than I am now. And my philosophy for when I got sick was to work it out. So if you're sick, like you just need okay. to like work out yeah, and like, it out. Yeah, just just work it out. I used and, to do that, but go play basketball instead of work out. <laughs> and I would be going on these long runs, and I would just stop like midway through the run and just have a two-minute long coughing fit. Yeah. And uh, finally, after like two weeks, I went to the doctor, um, and it turns out it was pneumonia. Oh my it wasn't gosh. Just, it wasn't just you know, the common cold. It was pneumonia. And uh, they gave me... Um, I, I really got to sweat that out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't run enough. So, so they gave me antibiotic because it was, you know, there's bacterial and there's viral and it was, it was bacterial. So they gave me like a Z pack and Z pack, like five days. I was on day five of the Z pack, like kicking this cough. 
And right before I was, a, I was a teacher back then, um, five minutes before students walked in, I had a, I coughed, I was sitting at my desk and I felt something in my ribs snap. And I was like, oh, sleep uh, word. Uh, oh, and I reached I my bag and I took four ibuprofen and kids walked in and I just like did everything I could to not move. Um, oh. And I was just dying, dying. I made it um, two and a half hours. Uh, thankfully, in the morning, there's only two and a half hours uh, between then and, and lunch. And I called the office. I was like, you need to get a substitute teacher. I'm going to the doctor. Because your question is, like, what, what can they do for you? Um, the, when I got bruised ribs, I didn't go to the doctor because there's not like they could confirm that it's broken. But that doesn't like it's not like they put a cast on it. It's, yeah. it's a broken rib. It heals on its own. Well, this time I'm like, I'm going to the doctor. They've got to do, be able to do something for me. So I went there. They x-rayed me. They're like, yeah, your rib is broken. I'm like, <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I'm like, what do you mean I broke my rib coughing? And they're, they're like, actually, it might be more common than you think. What happens is um, when you ha- cough that much, your, your muscles get super inflamed and just like press against your ribs and put an intense amount of pressure. And um, they can... Actually, and my wife just thought it was the funniest thing. Guess what happened <laughs> like three months later? She, like, I don't know if she broke, but she definitely injured her rib coughing. Like, so she went from mocking me. So anyway, they gave me uh, a steroid. They said, we got to shut that cough down now. I'm like, yes, please. Um, and what else did they give for me? They didn't give me, like, narcotic painkillers, but they they did something else for me that, I was glad that I went to the doctor. <laughs> Why didn't they give you narcotic painkillers? That's the almost the only reason I went to the doctor, you know, to get some real pain medicine. Did they give you some? No, I, that's the only reason I would have gone. Like I almost went. I was because I thought, well, maybe I can get some good, some good, good painkillers out of this. Something I can get addicted to. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. Uh, maybe I was too persistently asking. Maybe mm-hmm. me asking for. The good stuff uh, made them not <laughs> want to give it to me. <laughs> give me some of that high street value stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, not that brand. I need this other one. Yeah, and maybe it was my, because it was my fourth doctor that day that looked a little fishy. How are you feeling today, Ryan? Waking up is like the worst, uh, and like to where, but like the problem is like sleeping too long. Like it doesn't help either because like there's a certain point where just like laying in bed, it, it just it it just hurts too and so like uh, i don't know i there's nothing that's like the best thing to do like no matter what even if i just try to sit in one spot and just try not to move too much it still like ends up hurting For, uh, listeners text in your suggestions <laughs> Well, you know what you have to look forward to for the next few weeks. Uh, I, I wanted to, to mention a, a couple of things about my trip from the U.S. to Sweden. So, I was hoping you'd talk it, a little bit about this, yeah. So, uh, as everyone's aware, uh, air travel is very limited right now. There aren't a whole lot of planes, there aren't a lot of flights. There are none between Sweden and the U.S., uh, and only a few to Europe. The Phoenix Airport... Complete wasteland. Almost not a single soul. Uh, I connected in Detroit to fly to Amsterdam. Same thing. It was almost completely dead. Like, there was no one there. But in Detroit, you started to actually realize that people are taking this pandemic sort of seriously because I started to spot people wearing 
you know, like um, th- that green kind of face mask. So not necessarily an N95, but just like um, one that they would use uh, when they do surgery or whatever. And raincoats. Hmm. And I, I <laughs> <laughs> like the with a lack of PPE, I guess that's what you turn to. I don't know. But Are they you guys not fu- wearing masks when you go out? Uh, no. There's no one no. around here. I'm good. Yeah, there's Thomas. <laughs> like, what, what is he going to infect the reindeer? But before <laughs> that, when you were in Phoenix, you weren't wearing a mask to go to the store? No, I went to the store like once every week. And no, I was not wearing a mask. Ryan, I'm a caveman, but but I'm also in a smaller city, so I have not worn a mask yet. All right. But, 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 but you're, s- you're, you're wearing one every time you go out? Yeah, I don't wear a mask not to get it. I wear it in case I somehow have it and so i don't spread it that's why you wear a mask right not to keep yourself from getting it but uh, i think of others i'm sorry i I think of others that's the thing that people don't seem to realize is that you wear a mask not to infect others it doesn't actually protect you like if you are so many ways you can get it that if you're going to get it you're going to get it most people don't even care for their masks all that well like um (laughs) so if you're wearing it not to get it but like you're not washing your mask and you're not handling it well. Like there are you, you could be in fact, uh, bringing it into your house. Every time I go to the bathroom, I wash my mask. I, I, when I flush the toilet, I hold the mask in there and just let it, let, let the swirl kind of take care of the, the germs on it. Good for you. But uh, I also wanted to say another thing about the trip uh, because Chris asked me the other day, like, what did I watch or what was I going to watch? And so on my transatlantic flight, I decided to watch The Rise of Skywalker and Cats, uh, (laughs) two (laughs) tremendous movies. Uh, No, I I actually didn't watch either of them. Uh, They were on offer and I saw someone across the aisle from me uh, was watching Rise of Skywalker. And in my head, my first thought was, you know, nine, nine hours on a plane is bad enough already, but that's what you're going to watch? Ryan, have you watched it since it came out on digital? I started to watch it with Rose um, because she didn't go see it in the theater. She stayed with Piper. And I think like 20 minutes into it, she was <laughs> bored with it. And we decided to turn it off. And I don't think I've watched the whole thing. Wow. I mean, The Last Jedi is better. So... Right, I I agree with you, and I don't think Le- the Last Jedi is good. You do, but like I watched Rise of Skywalker once since it's come out on on streaming, and I I hated it. Like, and I think there's a movie that I will hate more every time I watch it. So come walking out of it uh, in the theater I was kind of kind of good. I was like, okay, like it wasn't a very good movie. There's a lot that bothered me about it. I I don't like that it had Palpatine in. I don't like Palpatine yeah. like shooting lightning up into the heavens and like. Spoiler alert, like, just, like, zapping lightning into, like, a thousand spaceships. It's just stupid and crazy, and I am all the Sith, and I am all the Jedi. It's it's so dumb. I will um, say that, like, so the boys, I, I think, did watch the whole thing, I think, a couple weeks ago, and it was just on downstairs. They said something about uh, Kylo and Rey kissing, and Rose was like, they kiss? And I was like, yeah. And she says, oh, so they fall in love? And I was like, I guess. As, as like, but he dies. And she's like, oh, how does he die? I was like, well, because she kissed him. And she's like, oh, she meant to kill him? <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. She's like, but he died when she when she kissed him, but she didn't mean to kill him? I was like, yeah. So Isn't there something about him giving her his life or something? 
That's, Something like uh, that. It's com- it's it's confusing and so bad. there's there's a giant snake. Um, <laughs> and I know when I say that, you guys immediately think of Michael Fassbender, but this is like a literal giant snake underground under the sinkhole. Oh, I thought we were talking about King Arthur. <laughs> there's a giant snake that Ray heals, indicating that you can transfer midichlorians. I don't know. They they don't really explain it, but they're like, okay, this is a thing that can there's, happen. There's force healing. Which force healing. They also do in the Mandalorian, right? Or, right. Which came out before. Before. So I'm guessing John like, Favreau had some. They were like, "Hey, put some force healing in here because <laughs> when the movie comes out, we don't want people to be like, this is the first time hearing of this. We want to be like, no, Yoda, Yoda did some force healing, baby Yoda.' <laughs> but but it's like so so okay so so Ray heals this giant snake, uh, and then uh, later on she stabs Kylo Ren. And immediately heals him, mm-hmm. uh, bringing him back to life. And in watching that a second time, knowing that was going to happen, it just it doesn't make sense to kill someone only to just like anyway. Um, and then at the end, you know, there's a reverse like she's dead and he heals her, but then that kills him. Yeah, I just hate this movie so much. And that's 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 my only point is is I walked out of it and I was like, at least it was fun because like like the the little alien Burning Man. Yeah. Like that was kind of fun. Um, there were some f- definitely fun components to it. Yeah, um, there were. Overall, which kind of makes it worse because it like could have been good. <laughs> this movie is like it's it's like it's really not good. But Abrams Star Trek movies are a lot of fun, and maybe that's because I don't actually know anything about Star Trek, so I don't really care about what he gets right or wrong or whatever. They're just that fun could, to watch. Maybe. Also did, I like him too, yeah. I like him maybe. too, but he did not write those scripts. That's worth pointing out. Maybe that's the difference. Well, maybe that's what we uh, should have figured out for Star Wars. So, so Abram should never be allowed to write a script. And that's not an original idea by me. Um, I, I, I think Red Letter Media that. pointed that out. Mm-hmm. Red Letter Media, because... Um, What's his name? The kind of the main guy, the guy who the, does the Plinket Red. reviews. No, I think it was Letter actually. Um, okay, Letter. Uh, it's easy to mix them up, but uh, I think he said like what what Star Wars needs to to fix Star Wars is for J.J. Abrams to take over. <laughs> and he said this like six years ago, and now like he regrets it. But so transition. Can can we return to Tiger King for a second? Sure. Uh, so there's this rumor going around, or is it a rumor? Is it confirmed that they're going to do another episode? Like, um, no, this, it's this not, is what it's happened. Not, it's called, it's basically like a talk show. It's like, um, you remember when The Walking Dead had uh, their after show? Um, that was like a talk show right after the episode aired that was like a live talk show. So Joel McHale is going to be hosting a tiger, it's called The Tiger King and I. And it's going to be like a talk show. He's going to talk to Jeff Lowe and his wife and probably their babysitter. (laughs) Morning Consult uh, for The Hollywood Reporter recently did an opinion poll where they asked people how they liked the characters in the quote-unquote documentary, whatever this is. The most popular of the main characters is Joe Exotic with 47% favorable and 40% negative. So he has a net of plus seven. The most disliked character in the entire show is Carol Baskin with, uh, with a net of negative 32. <laughs> you know, but the thing about that is I, I like, I hate ranking them 
you know, who's the worst. Like, they're all tied for the worst. They're all awful. Uh, Let's just say, like, you're saying 47% of people have a favorable view of Joe Exotic? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why? Did they finish this series and find out he's a total hypocrite who said no one should be breeding cats? That you find that out in the last episode? You know, Doc Antle preys on young girls. Joe preys on, you know, young men. And and probably sold pizza to customers with rotten Walmart meat. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) like... People that returned pizza to Walmart, or, you know, returned Walmart pizza, he took and he sold in a restaurant and called it, you know, food. (laughs) (laughs) That's he hosted a daily uh, internet TV show like a psychopath um, yeah. in which he would routinely like not burn Carol in effigy, but like, I don't know, stuff a dildo in her mouth and shoot her with a gun. Yeah, I mean, he is not a good guy. No. So I saw I saw the poll. Someone tweeted this out on Twitter uh, earlier today or yesterday, uh, and their comment was, this explains everything about the 2016 election. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Trump has what, like, uh, you know, 47 percent support and 47 mm-hmm. people have a favorable opinion of uh, I, Joe. I, I, the I other people what... like Carol. I wonder what would happen if Joe tried to run for governor of Oklahoma now oh after the show. Like, Win in a landslide. He'd probably well, we, get more than 600 votes. We do know this. Carol would lose in Wisconsin. She wouldn't go. <laughs> Transition. I have a Zoom story of the week. Okay. Uh, I find myself on Zoom quite a bit these days uh, since we you know, are social distancing. I'm, whether it's with a group or with one person, whatever, I'm on Zoom a lot. Uh, but um, our church services have moved to Zoom as well <laughs> this past Sunday. I'm kind of booting it up, starting up the um, the chat. And, th- you know, thankfully, you know, we haven't been Zoom bombed. Start up Zoom for our church service on Sunday morning. And this person joined, um, and there's no audio and there's no video. But if they don't have that, what you get is either a picture they've uploaded or you can get, like, if they could type their name. And what it says is it says, Jeremy sucks. And like I'm like, what? I'm a little nervous. Like I don't know who this is. Um, like we've done a pretty good job of like not like keeping this public, you know, so that we can invite people to the service, but also like not, you know, putting the link on Megathread. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, is this like who is this person? Like, uh, am I gonna have to kick them off? Do I gotta figure out how to do this? And and my wife sees it too, and she's like, Jeremy sucks. That's- we're like, who is this person? Well, uh, my wife had used that same computer the day before in a work Zoom and <laughs> has a coworker named Jeremy. And she thought she was being funny by saying Jeremy sucks as her username. Anyway, I'm just glad that we figured that out before uh, before this, the service started. Like, not that Jeremy sucks is like a horrible thing. Like, I've heard worse stories. Like, uh, I think we all saw on Twitter that, that um, this guy was doing a Zoom with his friends and he made his name uh, Fatty McBigcock. Um, and then the next day, like his daughter used that same account to, to for like a dance recital. And and uh, I don't know if they realized that right away because I don't know, like unless. Yeah. Do I need to so, beep that? So it was your computer that was Jeremy Sucks? 
or it was so uh, it wasn't a computer i was leading from but it was my computer upstairs yeah yeah because like i don't have my family in the in the same room with me because it's kind of weird to look at them and to look at the camera i just have them log in nice if you like started to like (laughs) like chastise that person like hey can we not have inappropriate screen names on here please can somebody change that <laughs> and like who is this person you know and then it's your wife Show like, yourself. turns on the video it's your wife and your kids oh never mind uh, one other story I, I wanted to tell uh not story but just thing to share is that i i recently watched tinker taylor soldier spy have you guys seen this uh, yeah I've, I, tried, I recently... I've tried i've never made it through though Okay. Uh, I, I think I've done it twice, and I still have no idea what happens. <laughs> it, is, it is a mildly uh, slow-moving and confusing plot at the beginning, almost until the end. But it's a fantastic cast. Gary Oldman, okay. uh, Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, John Hurt, Mark Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kieran Hines. Um, Thomas, do you know who the director is? Of Tinker Taylor's? Mm, it's not uh, coming to me. Who is the director? It's uh, a guy named Thomas Alfredson, a Swede. Wondering to myself, this movie came out in 2011. I'm like, who is this director that assembled this talent? Like, this is great um, that he did this. And so I pull up his filmography. And, okay, so his latest movie, it's called The Snowman. Oh. <laughs> okay, sounds sound about right for Sweden. Like, he's a Swedish director. Like, right, right about what you know. He, snow. Um, that and, you know, maybe violence and sex and... Maybe the intersection oh, of those I know. things. Okay. I, I know some of his Swedish movies. Go on, Chris. Yeah. Uh, in 2008, he came out with a movie called Let the Right One In. I know where you're going with this. Well, his debut film <laughs> is called Four Shades of Brown, which I can only assume is a prequel to Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> but about, you know, poop and sex. He uh, He worked. I had no idea he did Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy. So most of his Swedish work, some of it, uh, a large chunk, uh, has been Violent, like with with, with comedy. It's comedy. comedy. So like Fyra Nyanser av Brunt or Four Shades of Brown is together with the Swedish comedy troupe. Are these shades of brown high or low on the Bristol stool scale? <laughs> I have no idea. I still haven't learned a Bristol stool scale. I don't, as some other people, I don't have it painted on a cup. Laura needs to get you a mug. I, I drink coffee out of a Bristol stool scale um, mug that Laura got me. Have you guys seen The Snowman? No. Have you? Yeah. It's it's insane. It's like about a serial killer who's like also a snowman. Is this something we need to watch? I mean, yeah, like it's we should watch it because it's like really bad, but it's also like insane. Wait, that's Michael Fassbender. Of course we need to watch it. Yeah, it just came out a couple years ago. Ooh. Question. Does Fassbender wear pants the whole movie? (laughs) His pants throughout. Never mind. Before we get to the main attraction today, uh, there's something I wanted to ask you guys about. So the other day, I was talking to a friend, and I don't remember what the topic was, but we we got in on uh, Alyssa Milano. Uh, and how annoying her Twitter account is, or something like that. And and my friend said that he couldn't, he's like a couple years younger than I am, and he couldn't name a single thing that Alyssa Milano actually has been in. So, oh, come on. They haven't watched Little Italy? <laughs> that's what the first one I said. What, what else can you name that she's been in? 
Um, Without looking know. it up. <laughs> on the top of your head. I think she's a big baseball fan. I didn't even know fan. she was in Little Italy. I don't know. I can't think of anything that she's been in. She was in a TV show. What's whatever that TV show is that uh, that a lot of people like. I've never seen it though. You're thinking of Charmed, right? Sure. Yeah. So I could name Little Italy and Charmed, and after that, uh, it was a blank. Like I had no idea what else. Then I looked up her filmography, and uh, she was in My Name Is Earl in ten episodes in season three. I don't remember that, but it seems like she has carved out a segment. Uh, in the movie industry. She has been in movies called Embrace of the Vampire, Poison Ivy 2, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later. Wet Hot American Summer is a comedy. And there are a lot of these where it sounds like like she's only in them for her appearance, I guess. Like, there are movies that Vic sounds like he would like a lot. It seems like there's some... um... Softcore porn here. <laughs> oh, she's the daughter in Commando. Yeah, have you guys but seen this Com- is... Commando? But... No, I have not. Oh, that's a great Arnold Schwarzenegger. She's Ginny Matrix. Arnold Schwarzenegger is uh, John Matrix. That's his name, John Matrix. Commando's great. You guys I... should watch Commando. I'm going Commando right now. But it's just amazing to me that this this actress that almost everyone knows of. Oh, who's the boss? She's in who's that's what people mm, that, yes, that's yes, what yes, made her famous. Yeah. <laughs> She's in Who's the Boss? Well, you, you looked that up though. Right. Yeah. But that's why people know her because of that. But no one remembers what she's been in. Well, it's like, amazing. Like she was kind of kind of these kind of cult um classics, like not super mainstream. Like, I think each of those shows or, like, some of those movies you mentioned have, have pretty intense followings. It's just not, like, mainstream hits. Confessions of Sorority Girls. <laughs> uh, Embrace the Vampire. Deadly Sins. Just a bunch oh, of, like, erotic Poison, thrillers, basically. Poison Ivy 2, yeah. Yeah, er- erotic thrillers or erotic horror movies appears to be something that right. she's been in a lot. Which, I, yeah. I mean, is, is a pretty good... Um, Someone who is an erotic thriller star is definitely someone who should be the advocate for for public policy. That's who we should be looking to. (laughs) Like, what do you think about, you know, tax policy, Alyssa? (laughs) He was in the Blink-182 music video, Josie. Ryan, did you go to Chick-fil-A today? Yes, I did go to Chick-fil-A today. Did did you get breakfast at Chick-fil-A today? I tried to get breakfast at Chick-fil-A. I ordered chick-fil-a breakfast at 10 12 a.m from the app from home there's a new chick-fil-a that opened it's really close to us it's probably less than a mile and so i got there and there was like you know you pull up and it says put in which parking space you parked at and they'll bring your order out and there was probably like five or six other people parked there and then people came after me at 10 30 um i hadn't been brought the order yet um i got there probably like a couple minutes before that and then the app shows a message that says, uh, breakfast is over at 10.30 at this location. Your order has been canceled. You have not been charged. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that can't be right. That They're not. They wouldn't. It's like they wouldn't really do that. And so I sit there. And then I notice kind of like I look around at the other people. And they kind of like are doing the same thing that I am. Kind of like what? Like looking around, looking for someone. 
because there's no one there's no one out there and you can't go inside. We probably all of us sit there for 10 minutes before this one guy gets out this like older Hispanic guy. And he was there before I was. And like he starts looking for someone. And I rolled down my window. And so he's a DoorDash. He drives for door. He's like driving for DoorDash. So he's there to, to pick up an order for someone else. And like he starts talking to me and he's just like, I've been here for 20 minutes. Are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And like he's getting he's like really getting he's like, I can't believe they, they would do this. He's like, there's no way. And so he says, I'm going to go knock on the door. And so he goes and knocks on the door and like um, somebody opens the door and they say something to him. And he he starts walking back and I roll down my window. And I'm like, what did they say? He said, somebody's coming out. And I said, oh, OK. I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. They're not going to just. I mean, and, and at this point, more people have pulled up. There's probably 10 to 12 cars there at this point. Finally, this guy, uh, a couple guys come out and they start going around to the cars. And like I can tell they they talk to somebody else next to me before they talk to me. And I she's like I can tell she's upset, but she just and she's just like throwing her hands in the air and just like shaking her head. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to. They're not they're not going to make this food. And so she leaves. And then the guy comes over to me and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, we stopped making breakfast at 1030. And I was like, I, I sure that's great. I was like, but you really we all ordered before 1030. And he's just like, well, if we don't get to your order to bring it out to you before 1030, then we just stop uh, making it. And I'm like, you realize this doesn't make any sense, right? And I was like, because this is really stupid. So, like, I'm about to leave, and I, I see, like, another I, – I, like, pull around because I back out, and that's basically all I said. And I see, like, everybody is just, like, yelling at the Chick-fil-A guys. And yeah, because so, it's an insane policy. Yeah, it is. I, like, I don't know if this is all Chick-fil-A's. I don't know if they screwed up because, like I said, this is their grand opening. They're, this is the second day they're open. I, I start to pull around to the other side of the parking lot where the Hispanic guy that drives for DoorDash – and like he's really mad, and I mean, I don't. He says he's been there for twenty minutes, and he's got like customers that are going to be mad at him. And so obviously, you know, he probably doesn't want to be driving for DoorDash right now. And the fact that like he's going to get yelled at, and so like there's this young guy that's talking to him, who has like frosted tips, and I'm like, oh, boy, it's was it funny. was it Guy Fieri? <laughs> yeah, basically, it was Guy Fieri's son. The Hispanic guy's like pretty animated at this point, and like I rolled down my window as I'm going by him, and like the uh, frosted tips guy is just like, it's just like I don't. He's like I can't understand you. I don't know what you're saying. And I, said, and I rolled. I said he's saying this is horseshit, you little bitch. <laughs> so basically, I I mean I sat there a couple minutes, a few more minutes, listening to him trying to argue his case with that kid and he's and the kid's just like get the customer on the phone and i'll talk to him i'll tell him and i was just like this is so stupid and i was like it's not like you guys don't have the food in there still and i was like at least make his is that he's been here longer than any of us you can't at least make his and he's like well i don't make the policy i think everyone here agrees that chick-fil-a is like delightfully tasty usually they are super friendly and so i hope at some point you find your way back there and actually get your food speaking of the way back that is the movie that we have watched for this week's episode the way back is a movie by gavin o'connor starring ben affleck in the lead how much did it make at the box office this weekend (laughs) 
Okay, so, uh, so let me say this. Um, like, so we agreed to watch this movie, um, and uh, Thomas yes, texts us yeah, last night. Not that many. When hours I was ago. asleep, we decided this was going to be the movie we we're going to watch. And Thomas wakes up, is like, "Okay, I'll watch it." Um, I don't know. Thirty minutes in the movie, he's like, "This is a terrible movie." Um, <laughs> and and uh, I, I'm hoping it was just thirty minutes. Um, before you know, uh, spoiler alert. Okay, if you don't want spoilers. On the way back, pause it. Uh, nothing. I hope it was spoiled. I certainly hope you can predict you how it's going to go. Ben Affleck, before you find out that Ben Affleck had a kid who died of cancer, like if you said it after that, Thomas, you are trash. Like I really like this movie. I was skeptical going in. The only reason that I was like excited, like if, if there was any other director, I wouldn't have even bothered with this. But Gavin Gavin O'Connor, as I've said, he's he is really good at directing sports movies. He directed Miracle, which I only saw uh, a few weeks ago. But the movie that I love that he directed is Warrior. It's about like two brothers who do like UFC. It's another thing where the premise sounds stupid, but Gavin O'Connor knows how to direct sports movies, and the actors are great. That's why I wanted to watch this. So actually, I I it's the day that the way back became available to buy for 20 bucks i paid the 20 bucks for it and bought it so the movie is about ben affleck where when the movie starts out we don't we don't really know all that much except for the fact that we realize that things have gone really badly for him right he works right, at some sort of construction site he's divorced um or he's separated, separated. from his wife he drinks a lot he's drinking like while he's driving he's oh he drinks he's so much <laughs> he's he drinks right before he goes into his brother or his sister and his brother-in-law's Thanksgiving dinner. He has a he has to have a drink to, just to make it through that. But it seems like you know his his nephew really likes him. Oh, you know. his nephew could have been in Moneyball. Yeah. So so mostly that text was just to try to get a rise out okay. of Ryan, which <laughs> seems like it worked somewhat, but you, you were the one who got more mad. D- this movie is much better than it deserves to be. Yeah, like it is. It, it should be bad. And that's yeah. why if it was a different director, I wouldn't have even bothered because it should be it should be corny. It should be cheesy. And I'm the same thing with Warrior. Warrior should not work, but it does. But if this movie was made in, I don't know, mid-1990s, late-1990s, it would be that kind of cheesy movie, right? It would have been yeah. rated PG, though, <laughs> and well, it would have starred Dennis Quaid. <laughs> they would have won their first game and their second game and like had one loss along the way. So let's let's um let's talk a little bit plot. Um so so we meet Ben Affleck. Um he's he's bearded, he drinks all the time. We find out that uh he's separated from his spouse like we said. Um and he is um, husky. He is. He's husky. He's, it's this he fat Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but even fat Ben Affleck looks decent. Oh, yeah. I I mean I I I'd give the, the old worst Winchester reach around. <laughs> I think it's the worst Ben Affleck has looked in a movie, though. Which, yeah, he's still Ben Affleck, but yeah, he was really going for it with this role. And and, and at this Thanksgiving, yeah, he, so he's kind of there. There are like remnants of his charisma in that, like his his uh, niece and nephew love him, but then his sister is just kind of like, uh, like you're late for Thanksgiving, and like um, it, it's clear that he's at, at, like most addicts, like 
fail most of the adults in their life. And, and of course, it's easy to be a great uncle because all you need to do is show up and, like, make it happy. You don't have to be there, like, and be reliable every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, fairly quickly, um, he gets offered a job coaching basketball because they got to move the plot along. And uh, he drinks a ton he oh my god, he drinks so much! That <laughs> night when he's trying to decide, he'd like, his entire fridge is filled with some sort of beer, cutter or whatever it's called, and he drains them all. Yeah, and talking himself out of taking <laughs> the job. I mean, he's holding uh, the phones at several points, just like having fake conversations saying, yeah, I can't do this, like, I, I don't want to take the job. Um, but but he takes the job, and and it's funny, like, uh, my wife was like, well, but, like, he just shows up. I'm like, it's assumed that, like, he went through the paperwork and, like, because uh, uh, the, the next thing, I mean, like, for the sake of storytelling, he just, we just need to get him coaching. Yeah, yeah. I like that they don't, I, I like that they don't show the scene of him actually saying, yeah, I'll take the job. Like, it, right. you know, I'm glad that that happened off camera and he just shows up to practice. Yeah, I, um, I did. I did like when he got the offer and he uh, he asks uh, the priest, uh, headmaster, <laughs> whatever the hell he is, are they any good? Is the team any good? And yeah. he's like, no, no. immediately, no. And and they haven't really been good since um since Ben Affleck was a player right. there. And yeah, Ben Affleck great. was a legendary basketball player who got Division One offers. He got a full ride to Kansas. Kansas. He didn't go. And yeah, and, and he kind of spit on that. And that's to avoid spoilers. Like, if you want to watch the movie, I don't want to talk too much about that because that's that's where it gets good. Is like like how did he sabotage himself and why and and yeah. and that's like some really compelling stuff. But uh, I, I guess from a, a sports perspective, I really appreciated uh, this movie in that like uh, he's he shows up, he's looking at the basketball team. He's like, is that our tallest player? Like he's six four. Like <laughs> they're not very good. They're not very tall. And and he's just like, oh man. In that sense, like they got the basketball right. And that's yeah. that is one thing, honestly, that I love about sports. And I shared a little bit about coaching football earlier this episode. In that, what's great about sports is that you can apply yourself. It doesn't necessarily matter how tall you are, how fast you are, but you can um, set tangible goals and reach them. And I know not everyone has coordination or whatever, but as a basketball player, you can say, okay, well, they have more talent, um, but we're going to play a trapping, pesky defense that's going to pressure them. And um, and that's what they do. And, that, and that's interesting that, like, some teams don't worry about pressing, but, like, he's he's like, we're going to press, we're going to create turnover, turnovers, and, and, like, we don't have the ability to just, like, or work it through an offense. Like, we're going to need to probably get some points in transition. I, yeah. I, I appreciate it. All of that. I mean, because that basically that could have been my high school. Yeah, um, that too. was in a very similar situation where we were a really good team with a really good coach, but we were not like we were small. Like I was, I, I'm six two. I was one of our tallest guys. We ra- like we ran all the time in practice, and all we did is run to get in shape. And then we pressed full court every mm-hmm. game, the entire game, and that's why we were good. Is because we just like were annoying on defense and then we played up tempo when we got the ball. That is a real strategy you can do in high school. Now at higher oh, yeah. levels, you can't do that because the, the talent difference is just too big right. at right. higher levels. But in high school, you can do that and you can compete as Yeah, you can kind of eliminate that talent gap by by doing yeah. those little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, 
I like the scene where he uh, so he arrives there and he first is introduced to the players and starts to learn their names, uh, and he talks to them about like there's this one guy who really really loves shooting three pointers, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but he hits like twenty six percent or something right. like that, and so you you sort of get a sense for the players and the team, and there aren't that many, and they're not who they are exactly doesn't matter all that much for the movie. But what you get from them throughout really sort of pays off, I think, in yeah, really yeah. good ways. So, so like there's the, there's the kid Brandon, who's what, the only guy on the team with some actual talent. Yeah, the the point guard. He's kind of a shy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really assert himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. like. He doesn't assume that he's the best player on the team. The scene where like he talks to him and like tells him like that he wants him shoot like. Like, I really connected with that scene. When I was in junior high, I was homeschooled, but I played for um, a Catholic school. In seventh grade, I was playing, and I probably, like, I didn't I didn't score very much. I wasn't. I, I was shy, and I didn't assert myself. Near the end of the season, in one practice, my coach just, like, took me to the other end of the court from the rest of the team in practice, and he just gave me the ball, and he was just like, shoot. And I was like, what? And he was like, I just want you to shoot. I just started shooting and he was just like in our next game if your man <laughs> is if your man is more than arm lengths away from you you shoot the ball every time. He's like you're the best shooter on the team and you don't shoot enough you need to assert yourself and I was like uh okay. And like before that my season high was like 8 points and our next game I scored 27 points. Like that changed me for basketball. Like that was when like I became like a good basketball player and it was just something as stupid as, you know, my coach just seeing that he he just needed to unlock that in me. And so like, that's why I really appreciated like when just him talking to that kid, I, I really connected with that and that felt like really realistic to me. Yeah. And what, what separates talented players from great players is the sense of when to take the shot. So, um, Every once in a while, Michael Jordan will pass to Steve Kerr for the game-winning shot. But uh, there's a lot of times that where the best player is double-teamed, and it's still on you to m- take the winning shot. Yeah. And, and, and we see that happen in the movie, where it's like, well, you, you got to kind of get a sense of... It's like, yeah, okay, there's a guy standing out there at the open, at, open at the three-point line, but the guy we want you taking the shot is you who I are double-teamed. Yeah, there's right. a time for want- that. Uh, so when the movie moves along, they play their first game, they get completely trashed... Uh, <laughs> Affleck Affleck keeps drinking. He uh, has a meeting with his ex-wife who is moving on. We're introduced to the real hero of the movie, Doc, who gets him home every evening after the bar. Time out. Time out. His ex-wife is Shiva. Can we just say that? Who? Did you not watch The League? Oh, I I watched like the first season or so. There's a character in that in that oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. I remember Shiva. I didn't realize that that was her. She's like moving on and everything, and here he is with a drinking problem, stuck coaching a shitty baseball team, a basketball team. They then go to like one of the big like I guess like plot points or scenes in the movie where they go away to play uh, the Knights uh, Memorial something Memorial. whatever they yeah. Did. As Affleck is kind of standing off to the side and the memorial team, the memorial team is like the best team in the conference. They're a, they're ranked highly in the state and like Affleck is standing near the tunnel where the memorial team is coming out and he overhears the player with 
as as the memorial players are huddling up they the the their captain or whatever says these guys aren't even worthy uh to be on the court with us i don't know if that really like if the movie's saying like they actually the players actually said that or not but like that's a real thing in sports i would trick myself into believing like every game that somebody on the other team said that about <laughs> And so you are, you are Michael Jordan who invented slights. Like, <laughs> no, I, oh, absolutely. I did. I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize what I was doing until later in life, but absolutely. Like every game, like I convinced myself, I even did it. Like I still do it. Like the last time I played in a men's league, I would still do that stuff because that's like, I just, I had to, but just that like, so Affleck is supposed to be this great high school player. And I guarantee you that as a player, that guy, he did that. You know, he tricked himself into believing that. And so that's it, it, it works that that's also what triggers him to, like, become engaged as a coach in that, like, whether or not they really said it, he convinced himself that, like, these guys don't think we deserve to be on the court with them. And so now I'm going to start coaching. This is supposed to be like the turn where right. in halftime he's pissed off and uh, or doing a timeout or whatever and tells the guys to go out there, give them an elbow. He curses right. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> his team talk. That was, and, and another thing, like that's how our high school coach told us to play too, was like, you don't let them dunk on you. Like you don't right. let them like posterize you. You make them, you like don't do anything dirty, make a play right. on the ball, but you fucking foul them and make them go the, to the free throw line. And so the first time Memorial gets a half break, a fast break after that timeout. And, um, the kid who's on the football team chases down the guy on the breakaway and he makes a play on the ball, but he also fouls him really hard. And uh, Ben Affleck's like, yeah, yeah. And the other team is like, <laughs> the other team's coach is like all up in arms because that was a hard foul or whatever. You're not supposed to do that. So I've, I have uh, just a couple of just comments of things that I liked, but I also have some, some criticism. One thing that I liked, Ryan, I don't know what it was like playing basketball in Indiana, but like it was cool seeing just the eccentric um, gyms they played in, like the odd, you know, (laughs) barn ceilinged. Uh, I love just the variety of different like non just boring, you know, cinder block walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's that's like you'd have new gyms you'd play in and you're like, this is weird or or just every year you'd you'd dread going to play on like this. Did you ever play on a court that had restraining lines? Because the court was too, because the court was oh, yeah. too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your coach would have to explain what a restraining line is, and and yeah. this one that had a restraining line had had like these terrible like yellowy lighting. It was we hated playing there. So so there's that had, we had we played on a court that was like a rubber Lego floor <laughs> once. That's not even counting the prison you played in. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, I played in prison. I played in a prison against prisoners once. Yeah, it, it was so realistic for. They, like, they didn't bring a, you to like sterile, like mid nineties, like cinder block. Like they brought you to all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the variety. And so that, that was cool and authentic. Um, uh, but, but criticism, I would say, um, I just, I didn't like the way the action was directed. Um, it all felt like, and it made me wonder, like, is it possible even to make a good basketball movie or just, or do these people who make the movies not understand the sport? Because you can never really see anything. It's all like yeah. zoomed in and it's focused on maybe the wrong action. And so I didn't love that. Um, 
some of the action was okay, but there's a lot of the basketball that, that was just right. hard to see was happening. Another criticism was that he instituted a diamond um, full court press <laughs> before a game. Like they didn't practice it. Yeah. It was like, all right, tonight we're going to do this press that you've never done before. <laughs> That 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 was dumb and not right. realistic. Yeah. Like you'd you'd run that in practice uh, at least once before trying it in the game. Ryan, I'm not sure what you thought about the horrible. So the game winning shot near the end of the movie, his his like foot on the three point line. It was like the right. shot that you don't want your your players <laughs> to take. Either take a two or take a three. Don't. It's I like mean, the anti the anti analytics shot. I, I think like they got like a good. I think they got a shot that like looked good and it went in. Yeah. They used it because the guy, the kid who was the good player, like he actually looked like he could play like that shot looked good. Other than if you just ignore that, you know, he's right on the three point line. Regardless of what the basketball actually looked like on the court, it was it is a sports movie, but it also isn't right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 more it's more about Ben Affleck as a person going through these trials. Right. And I think like. And and like with Warrior, where I talked about, like, it's about, like, forgiveness, but also consequences. Like, I think in the hands of another director, Ben Affleck would have been there to coach the team for, you know, the last game or whatever. Or he would have he would have convinced them to let them like he would have gone to rehab, but still been allowed to come back and, you know, coach in the playoffs or whatever. Right. I, I liked that it was just like, no, look, dude, you've been drinking in the office. You were drunk at practice. You're done. Yeah. Like Warrior, there there were there. It's about like forgiveness and redemption. But there's also like consequences. I will just say that I don't think he did anything wrong. <laughs> and I, I, I will also revise what I said earlier. Uh, I said that Doc was the real hero of the movie. That, that's actually incorrect. The real Doc. hero of the movie is Kenny who uh, goes through the entire cheerleading squad. <laughs> right. And I didn't understand exactly what was going on there. It's like, so was he running like sprints in practice because the coach found out that he was dating like, uh, you know, all of the cheerleaders. And so I, that I, is that why he was running? Because I don't know what else he did that he was having. To, and basically it sounded like the girls were deciding how many sprints he ran. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know if that was it, or if he did something in the last game, or right, yeah, in some other really, way. Yeah, there was no real like. It just it definitely seemed like it was. You have three girlfriends, and so you're gonna run the sprints <laughs> for that. Like, even though you don't know a whole lot about most of these players, except for Brandon and a little bit of Marcus, who has right. to claw his way back onto the team. Right. Like, there are these small payoffs throughout the movie that are just entertaining. Right. And I mean, probably that was the best way to pay off like the because uh, the only other way to pay off the consequences for him, like having three girlfriends would have been to have some stupid scene of the girls like all like yelling at him or whatever. Right. And that would have like pulled us away into another thread. And so probably the best way to pay that off was just to have them at practice like yelling at him, which I mean, it was funny. And I kind of, you know, appreciated that. I think the real thing is that we find out maybe halfway through the movie, or maybe almost I halfway think it's through even the movie, later. Ben Affleck and his wife had a son who died when he was nine from cancer. And we find this out because they're still going to parties of other kids they met in 
like the children's hospital or wherever right. it was that their son was um, with a lot of other sick kids and where Ben Affleck really takes a turn for the worse is when mm-hmm. one, of, one of the, the kids, uh, the friends that they made, a kid that was friends with their son that they thought was doing better. Um, he goes to their, they go to the, his birthday party at the kid's house and he's out of the hospital um, earlier in the movie. And then that kid takes a sudden turn and dies. And that's when, because Affleck kind of had gotten his drinking a little bit under control. Yeah, and he then, was still pretty and, good. Yeah, and then when that kid, when that kid died, he really, that's when he slept through most of practice and showed up drunk. After that, he be, he beats some some girl that he knew uh, in uh, high school. Yeah, yeah, slow down, slow down. So, so okay. I I need to say this: that that girl was not worth driving drunk for. No. <laughs> And no. so that was a really bad decision. But, I mean, who knows how drunk he was. I mean, I think he was on the tail end of a three-day bender at that point. And... Well, I don't know. The, the, the girl kept buying him shots at the bar, so yeah. he might have been fairly deep. Didn't he say yeah. something about, like, you bought that entire bottle or something right. when, yeah. when they were in the because, car? Because the first two times, he doesn't even, he, like, look, he's he pays her no mind. It just, like, drinks her <laughs> drinks. But then... At some point, he uh, he decides that he's going to drive drunk and drive her back to her house, and uh, wrecks into her neighbor's boat in front, <laughs> like on her street. She says, "You need to go around to the back. It's the third house from whatever." She said, "Yeah, and of course he doesn't get it right. He goes into the wrong house loudly. <laughs> loudly goes into the wrong house. <laughs> grabs a bear out of the fridge and then goes to take a leak." And and while he's taking leak, he says something about how he really sunk the neighbor's car or something when he crashed yeah. into it. <laughs> They're going to be pissed when they wake up. They're going to find out their boat is sunk because he ran into their boat. <laughs> yeah, but then the the owners find him and he ends up in the hospital uh, because right. he he tries to get away, but and you know he falls he's... down. Uh, apparently, they have those yards that are just like straight. <laughs> downhill like that so wh- where was this movie set ambiguous east coast is i think what we're supposed to they, think they have they have palm trees don't they you like uh, they were there were palm trees in some of the scenes so is that do they have palm trees in the Carolinas near the ocean? Like I don't know. Okay. But... Well, maybe that's where it was. I mean, Carolina is basketball hotbed. Uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, on the way back? You were exactly right. The way you described it, in that like it didn't deserve to be as good as it is, um, and it really doesn't. It it doesn't because the premise is like you know, wrote. It's it's been done, but like this is better than it's probably ever been done. I totally agree. It was a bad way to spend a Saturday afternoon after I was given like six hours to watch a movie. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you're out there, stay healthy, stay safe. uh, Keep at least a moose distance between you and everyone else. From the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night and good luck.
Cause I fucking on one.